0: I am Frank, It's a video game by Mel Cartanga. Can
1: I saying that right? Uh, Cartagena. Oh, Cartagena. Up, Cartagena. Well, those Cartagena. Uh, get tricky. But it, No worries. <laughs> no, it, it is a little tricky. But uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Um, good afternoon and good evening. We're bordering on evening over here on the East Coast. Yeah. But um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity to talk comics and just geek out with fellow comic book lovers. Oh, I'm happy to.
0: And you're the writer of a book called The Plot. Can you kind of break down what is The Plot and, and give us a little quick synopsis?
1: Okay, yes. Yeah. So uh, the, the quick synopsis is, it revolves, there's a character, a person named Corman, and he is sort of, not exactly under arrest, but he's being questioned extensively by these people who resemble men in black. Yeah. You might even think of them as men in black. Yeah. And their interrogation is very roundabout, but it's very intense and relentless. Anybody who's ever been on that end of uh, an interrogation knows what that feels like. <laughs> so you experience that. And what happens is this interrogation, is a leading to something that happens. And I I... It's not that I don't want to say much. It's just um, in a way, you have to experience the book itself. But let's just say it, there in it, the plot, is a thriller that involves what I call the recycling the cultural debris around conspiracy theories. Yeah. So I'm using I'm throwing men in black. I'm throwing uh, sleeper agents, which I it's been debunked, but I love the whole idea of someone who doesn't know that he's an agent and someone whispers a word, and then they suddenly go into like an agent mode. And so you'll see that in there. And I uh, then I used the whole concept also of like um, using sleeper agents to take out um, certain candidates. Let's not go any further than yeah. that. But let's say all these little elements that I call psychocultural debris um, make up the thriller. That is the plot. Oh, yeah. And um, yes, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well,
0: you have so you have three parts out so far. How many more parts are we expecting? Or
1: yeah, there's got to be more to come. How many more do we have coming? Okay, so well, it's funny, interesting. You hit on something. There is no more coming, specifically about this adventure, but this is the, the comic book is sort of the gateway to a whole concept called Flat Town, which is a, a place like a town, and it's a town that is modeled a little bit on the original X Files and um and that show from the early mid two thousands, uh, fringe fringe that show. Like I, I am so like fascinated with this again, the psychocultural debris. Around, culture, uh, around um conspiracy theories, that I'm taking all this stuff and I'm wrapping it, recycling it, and putting it into little thrillers that are going to be not just comic books. There will be comics in the future, but it's going to be web series. It's going to be other comics in short book form. There's going to be audio drama because I'm really not so much a cartoonist, but rather a writer who makes comics once in a while. Right. Like I'm not particularly driven to draw. Um, but this comic came about because of lockdown happening. Yeah. Like The lockdown happens, And I look at this artwork that I have sitting around, I have a little bit of time because my job stopped working for about three or four months. I had no, I wasn't working. And I also started learning, uh, studying personal growth. I'm like, I've been trying to make a go with comics for a couple of years now, and it's sort of not happening. And I'm like, okay, there's something in my head, something that I'm not dealing with that I'm not addressing. So I start studying personal growth. I look at this, all these pages of artwork and all of a sudden I realized, wait, I have a comic book here. I have an entire narrative. You know, I thought I didn't have it before, but I take that and I start experimenting with like photocopies. I start doing posters with dialogue. Yeah. It, it was just artwork, literally pages with no dialogue. They had, there was action, but no dialogue. It was a little bit of an experiment. I wanted to see if I could tell a story like um, Teranko did, you know, that Teranko comic where the first nine or 10 pages of a Nick Fury comic there's no dialogue it's just um nick fury is sneaking into a facility i
0: haven't heard I, I haven't read that. that but i've seen it mimicked many times you know
1: okay yeah, yeah. So, and i was doing that so i yeah. kind of mimicked it with these pages and then it kind of failed that it failed that it sort of stalled that i mean to say stalled that it, it felt like it wasn't really going anywhere and i kind of put it aside and i made a couple of short films and so on and then lockdown happens you know like um a pandemic a, happens peaks and everything kind of stops for a little bit i have this time so i look at that again and as i'm doing the personal growth thing i realize i actually you know i have an entire narrative here like i cannot see all of it but i see something so i start experimenting i photocopy parts of it i reuse it again with different dialogue and that alone changes the meaning of what you saw before so i was like oh wait a minute, there's something really cool here there's something exciting so i keep going i keep going i'm like i have an entire narrative here and then um, I started experimenting with software, stuff that I've never done before, like a Canva. I'm not affiliated with Canva, but it's a fantastic service. It's so cool, like it just, there's virtually no limits to what you can do with it. I, I explore that. I start just cutting and pasting, adding dialogue. And I'm like, I have a book here, like I have an entire book. And there was that thrilling aspect of it too, in that this thing was there, but it was hidden. I couldn't see it until my, the way I, think, I thought about it changed. And I have an entire book. And that's an effect that's continued to build up to the present. where now I'm looking into doing audio dramas. I'm reaching out to people on Twitter, which is where I, um, I found you and I reached out to you and so on. Like there's a web series. Cause another thing that I'm doing lockdown that I happened was I started looking at web series and I was like, wow, like I see people doing some really clever, inventive, funny stuff with just like their phones, their phones, and like a little, a few apps, some software. I'm like, This is really good. Like, I actually I didn't miss like going to the movies. I'm a movie guy, but I didn't really miss going to the movies. I was really enthralled by seeing all this stuff on YouTube. I'm like, okay, I want to try this because these people are doing this literally with just their phones or like a camcorder or like a um, what's it called? A DSLR. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So that led to, um, you know, making the comic, but then building on that with the concept of flat town which I don't know if I sent you a link to a website. I will do that later. My apologies if I didn't do that, but I will send you that later on so you can share that with your listeners.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because you're really building an entire world then. Much like X-Files, every time there was maybe like a rumor of a conspiracy in our world, they explored all the way. And you're kind of doing that here as well, right?
1: Yes, yeah, because I love the original. The remake, I'm not really into the remake. I feel like the same thing as with most remakes, like it's unnecessary. But I love the original, and that they have an overarching narrative. They have the overarching overarching narrative. and but then there were little standalone episodes. But then they had a mythology. and I think um i'm I'm a big fan of that. I'm a fan of mythology, because to me, you can take a narrative and by having mythology on it, it feels real. It gives it a sense of a past. It gives it a sense of a um, how would I say of oh, that it's lived in. It, yeah. it, it gives it authenticity. I guess it's fictional, but it gives it a sense of authenticity. And one of the people that introduced me to that is uh, William Gibson. I don't know if you have never heard of him, he wrote Neuromancer, yeah. and his short story *Johnny Mnemonic* was the basis for the movie *Johnny Mnemonic*, which in some ways it, <laughs> there's some inspiration for that because I, I love cyberpunk. But cyberpunk is that cyberpunk is information that changes over time, or the either increases in value or decreases in value over time. It's secrets, and it's uh, it. it's whatever's happening, whatever's cool and cutting edge, you know. And we see that like if you spend any yeah. amount of time on Twitter there's like subcultures that kind of hang out for a little bit and then they go away. Yeah,
0: or they evolve and or devolve. It is something
1: different, you know? Yeah. It is something different. Yeah, exactly. It can keep going or it could just completely flatline. It stops. So And I found that very fascinating. I love the platform. The platform is filled with a lot of white noise, but at the same time, there is people like you, people who are, are about sharing comics, about discussing it. So people like you, I look for it. And, and I like, I, I am leaning towards that. I lean into like just how Twitter is like this Novelty, this pressure trove of like awesome stuff of ideas. Also, there's a lot of ideas, so I love to do that. I love to dig into that. And then also going back to what I said, like um, the overarching narrative, the overarching narrative, with standalone episodes and mythology. Another movie that um a movie, a, a movie in particular that I love for that same reason is Escape from New York. Yeah, classic. And it's really on the basis of the one scene when um Plissken meets with Hauk, and they talk a little bit. They give a background um on on snake, and he says, you flew that golf fire over Lenin, Leningrad. It's a casual throwaway yeah. sentence, but at the same time, it's loaded with meaning. I'm like, well, what's a golf fire? But again, you don't get a clear image, but you get a sense of like some kind of crap, which makes sense because what happens later, he's proposed take this plane into New York, take this uh, paraglider into New York, get the president out, you'll be full pardon. So I love stuff like that, and also the look of the movie. like the, Everything is kind of futuristic, but at the same time kind of run down yeah. and, and crushed and all that. So I love that. I love the sense of a future that is like at once slick and modern, but at the same time kind of run down and gritty. So I tried to bring that and hopefully I will continue to bring that into uh, whatever I do next with, uh, with Flat Town, which is the concept. It's a place called Flat Town, a town called Flat town. Yeah. <laughs> And so here with the
0: plot, we see we have those same kind of questions like you bring up, like there's this agency I want to know more about. Uh, there's, there's the, 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 device, I won't say much, but the device that we know something about, oh. all these questions yeah. are starting to be sparked and they won't be answered right away. You have to, and, and maybe they don't need to be answered. And the fact that they are a mystery is why you're, you're checking out flat town is because there are mysteries that are above you and you just, you only get peaks. What other kind of conspiracies or mysteries are you trying to open up in your world?
1: Okay, uh, this is a very casual, I don't, you know, don't quote me on this because I, don't, I may do it, I may not, but um, there was an episode of Joe Rogan uh, that I watched a while back and Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins was being interviewed and he was getting into stories of back in the day when he was like on the media, like when he was one of the biggest, his band was one of the biggest bands on the planet and getting into stories about stuff that we never heard about until now, you know, that decades later he can get into that but one thing that struck me about that interview is he talks about how um some of the record contracts that you see he if you look at some of the clauses it says um essentially we own the music in this galaxy or any known galaxies and i see something i'm like that is crazy that means they already are accepting the idea that there may be alternate galaxies yeah. and they're saying well if there are alternate galaxies we're getting that music first yeah. we're getting the right to <laughs> that music So I, I was so like taken with that and i'm like okay I am going to take that idea. I can't promise it's going to be good, but I'm going to do the best I can. I shot like an eight-minute short video of that with, not immediately, but leading into that idea. There is someone, I'm reaching, actually, maybe you can help me with that or your audience can help me with that. I am looking for someone to do some visual effects, not deep, intensive visual effects, complicated, something for like 2K resolution or less because this is shot with GoPros, with phones, so it doesn't need to be Crazy 6K, but um, someone who will be open to collaborating with me, please um, just um, uh, have Frank uh, get, get in oh, touch yeah. with through Frank with me. So um, that because I'm going to build that. That's the first of a series of webisodes, let's yeah. say, where I will expand a little bit on the questions that you brought up, the questions that were not answered in the plot. And I'll expand on that idea that uh, was mentioned in a very casual fashion in, in Joe Rogan. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so if we look back at the plot, well, you know, like you know, we are sitting in this world and you're like that, but so much of that world is built up through your visuals. Did you do all of your own artwork for this?
1: I did, yeah, I did. Um, I'm not really a good artist. I, I started doing it. I was really excited about doing it, but um, as I started getting into it, I found that I'm not really passionate about drawing. Yeah. Like I can sort of kind of do it, but I don't have the patience to say like a manga artist. Right. You know, like it, it is insane when you look at like a, a say Junji Ito, like. He'll spend eight nine hours on a single page. Yeah. Like I can't do yeah. that. I'm more of like a, a rough sketch and kind of try to fake it with like by throwing black ink on everything else, on the mistakes mm-hmm. and uh, like make it very noirish. But I did do the artwork and I will continue to do stuff in, in the near future. But I think what I do leans more towards graphic design, which is sort of like a like a meta page, like a page with just a two or three things and then like a little or more diagrammatical than artistic idea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really lean into that, but I'm like, well, the more I get into comics, especially independent comics, I find artists that are really, like, their their artwork is not great, but their storytelling is so powerful that I'll give the art a pass. And just to throw a name there, um, Matt Kind, I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name right, but um, he is right up my alley. He is science fiction. There's a lot of spies, alternate realities, espionage. So I don't consider him a great artist, but I love his story, Tim. Like the stories he says are so like wild and mind bending and original that I'm like, this guy, like, he's like, I'm like, not worthy, (laughs) not worthy. He's uh, he's the man for me. So he's a good example of that. And
0: and by definition, like a great artist is all about perception. And and it's about conveying the emotion that's required here. And even with your panels here, you say you're not a very good artist, but you you could tell you use pencil, of course, and then like some watercolor, right? Like black and white watercolor or smudging. Is that correct?
1: Uh, okay, I used um There's a pencil called Sketch and Wash. Mm-hmm. It's a pencil, it's like a fat lead pencil. You can use it dry and it creates gray shading. But when you, you know, let's say you rub it on a drawing and then you take a brush to it, it creates like a, like you said, it, cre- it creates like an ink wash yeah. effect. It creates a sort of an ink wash and you can increase that. If you use a lot, then you'll get like a darker color. Yeah. You can maybe use a, like a cloth or something to draw away and it's a little lighter gray. So I used that. I used that because, um, well, it appealed to me. There was something exciting. It, it, there was a messy aspect, which I as should mention, that's where RoboPulp comes from. The, my my Twitter handle is RoboPulp. Yeah. And that comes from, RoboPulp comes from science fiction. It's probably my favorite genre because that's a genre where ideas are kind of the driving vehicle right. of, the, of the narrative. And pulp comes from pulp fiction, not so much a Tarantino, you know, right. in, the, in the sense of the Tarantino word, but in the sense of like, um, Pulp fiction, the genre yeah. that was back in the 30s and these 40s. You the short stories, stories in magazines
0: that people would go crazy for. In and, magazines,
1: yeah. went in acid wash paper yeah. that doesn't age well. It's like crumpling. Yeah. Like, I love that aspect of it. Lo- I love the roughness because a lot of these authors were being paid a penny of work. Yeah. So they were literally writing all night and then running to the publisher to get their pay. Yeah. And there was no time to think about it. There was like a spontaneity that, that appeals to me. And
0: yet, and when they would describe a room, they would go into such amazing detail because they got paid by that. So you'd go, when, when <clears> you <throat> walk into a smoky bar, they would describe the taste of the smoke or, or a little detail because they were yeah. get paid to do that. And it's just, it made these beautiful worlds that felt dirty because you almost felt it. You know,
1: it's really neat. It's good, good genre. And it goes back again, ties into cyberpunk. And then also, that's also where like Raymond Sandler um, uh, Dashiell Hammett and the Continental uh, those are um, the magazines where these characters were first seen, yeah. like um, the most obvious one is uh, Black Mask, but then there was also Argosy and then there were others. So that, that's where RoboFault comes from. And then on top of that, there's an aesthetic of roughness. Like I, I personally don't like it when things look too clean and polished, right. because I feel that, not to offend artists you know, who do this, but I think it's very easy to do that. I feel like we're in a place where like with an iPhone, just from the phone, straight from the phone, the image quality is staggering. Yeah. It's almost off-putting that it's so perfect <laughs> and clean. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna add grain to that. I don't yeah. like that. That looks too clean. I'm gonna add scratch to that. Like, like I actually like to shoot with film also. Like, I like to take photos on 35 millimeter because I like that kind of rough look of things. So that's where that comes from. The the pulp and that's the style that went into the making. That I yeah. like the idea of like taking the page, and I would take this thing called gesso, and very opaque gesso, very opaque white cover the page after I did the pencils. And what that did is it's so opaque that it covered the pencils, like the original pencils. And it made the paper very toothy, very like a, like a rough surface. Yes. So that when I ran the pencil over it again, it just ran through a pencil. Like I would go through pencil after pencil yeah. each doing each one page because they would just eat up the lead. And then there was a very satisfying feeling of just like taking the brush and just seeing that those little ink marks come alive. Like a, something that I didn't always know what was going to work. But that was part of the thrill of yeah. it. Like, I, there was almost like a, a, a Polaroid, I guess. You take a picture of a Polaroid, you start shaking it, you're waiting. You're not out. really sure how it's going to come yeah. out. Yeah. So th- that, that was one aspect of it that was so made it such a thrill to do it. Just not knowing really how it was going to come out. Not knowing even how the story was going to end yeah. a little bit. Like, I knew a few pages ahead, but sometimes it would happen that I would reach a page and, I oh mean, I don't know what happens next like, I'm stuck for ideas. Like, what do I do? I would start going back over what I did before. And nothing. Oh, well, let me watch a show of The X-Files or one of your old shows. Like, <laughs> uh, nothing. Okay, let me watch The Parallax View and uh, let me watch um, All the President's Men. Like, anything with a ton- tone of paranoia. Let me watch anything like that to see if I can get ideas on what happens next. Yeah. So it was a very thrilling process. I don't know if, how that would go for, towards a professional I mean, when you have deadlines and things like that.
0: No. Now, now knowing how it ends, would you ever think of remastering it or trying to clean something up that you think, Oh, you know, now I know how this is going. I want to change something.
1: Not really. No. And I think that's where the whole concept of flat down comes in. Like I think of, like you said, like things that I would have done differently. I'm like, well, let me try that on the next thing I'm going to do. Or like, right. let me try to carry that idea on this other media on video and audio, you know, like using audio and using video to tell stories or using audio only, you know, like in or audio drama. So no, I don't think I would, Fix anything. I, don't, I wouldn't remaster it, but I would take whatever I felt was underdeveloped there or I couldn't do there and try it in, a, in another media yeah. okay, just to see how it goes, just to sort of give it a try and give it a second chance. Yeah. But no, I know that's a big thing nowadays with like a remastered oh, comic like, yeah. <laughs> or why of the remastered movies. But remastered comics, I, I'm not that into that. Like, I, I am actually big into original artwork. Right. Like you, did you see that when you went to Comic Con? Like, when you see these pages? Oh yeah, I love to see that. I love to see like um the wide out. You see like how for a while they were they were republishing these pages in like the actual size, eighteen by twenty four, yeah. and it was like a giant like a coffee table oversized book. And I, I love to see that because, like you said, there's wide out yeah there's little sort of like notes on the margins the, and you can the even see are the best. some of them yeah yeah and it's like the artist and is speaking to it.
0: you outside outside of the actual
1: story so it's like oh of course i'm inside of yeah. that yeah and if you look at the initials or names you can even see some of them are like stan lee or Steranko, yeah. like sending notes to each other i'm like that is like such a thrill to it see is. that how these guys were like um they were working you know in a in, in pulp fashion they were working fast oh, yeah. because they had deadlines oh, yeah. you know like a, and when you look at that artwork it's almost like um discouraging to it's like i'm never gonna be this good like it's so amazing like especially someone like steranko like i love steranko in the 60s how he brought this sort of like a james bond sophisticated uh, feel to uh, nick fury yeah. like i love that nick fury i'm not really into the new nick fury but um yeah like it's such a thrill to see that to see the rough pages to see like notes to see fixes to see little things that were cut out and then with a piece of paper they pasted it over that again like i love to see that i'm like <laughs> I want print printed. I would actually pay however much for that. Like I, I don't really need to see it clean. Yeah. And because of that, I'm not into modern comics very much. Yeah. Because they're so overproduced, but underwritten, and underdeveloped. That I'm like, and this is just me. I'm not saying no, no. you know all comics. This is just how I feel about modern comics. Well, and that's
0: where I love the I actually, indie comics can thrive because you're getting people with their raw talent, raw emotion, and raw stories on a page. You can't you can't yes. polish that too much then you're Marvel, you know? So that's why indie comics, I think, are on the rise. People are making their own work
1: and sharing it, and people are eating it up, you know? Yeah, and I think that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, I made the comic book, but going back to what I said about personal growth, I always wonder, like, why can't I make things happen? You know, why can't I make things go? And 2019, before all that happened in 2020 and so on, I was, I had a shoe short stories, and I was like you know what i'm gonna do something about this The hell with it i pay money to get a table at boston comic-con which became boston fan expo and i go print out mini comics you know short stories and little short essays that i've written and drawn and i'm excited about that because man i've never done this i've never like you know worked the table yeah but to me that's always been like the rockstar dream when i go to comic Con and i see dudes on the table signing autographs i'm like that's like the rock yeah. star like i oh, want to yeah. be that guy yeah. like I, that's always been the thing with me so i'm like well let's just do it you know like let's go and do it so the weekend of Boston Fan Expo comes. I'm setting up the table. I'm excited. I'm so happy. And Friday comes. The whole night comes. And I didn't sell anything. Oh, I sold nothing at all. And I'm like, well, it's okay, I mean, It's early. Like, tomorrow will change. It'll be different tomorrow. Saturday comes over. And the same thing. I mean, literally the entire day goes by, I sold nothing. Like, not one Man. thing. And I'm like, should I change the price? Should I do something different? Like, what should I do? I'm like, well, it's okay. Tomorrow Sunday. It could be different tomorrow. It'll be different crowd. Sunday comes and literally the entire weekend, I stole nothing, oh, like man. nothing happened. I was just crushed and devastated. That just completely sent me like, back to the cave to lick my wounds. But um, what, that, what that incident did after, you know, after I, the, the pity party passed and all that, I realized that um, I didn't really handle that properly. I didn't really tell people that I was going there. And I realized that the reason why I didn't tell people is I was embarrassed to. Like, I didn't really want to tell people I was to quote Seth Gordon, I didn't want to be on the hook. I didn't want to take responsibility for that. I didn't want to treat that like a serious event. So as much, of a, like, as, much as it hurt, it kind of got my head straight. And I realized I need to be more scientific about this. I, need to, I think I need to start being more methodical about this. I need to start being like, say, someone like Jeff Smith, you know, who was... I saw a documentary about him, about Bone, and how he, um, it became this massive success. Yeah. And I was really impressed by how that guy, he basically put a business plan together, went to a bank, got a loan. Yeah to start printing and then just started selling. He went, you know, by himself directly to the comic book distributors to sell. And I kind of started with that. I started studying that and I found that too intimidating. And I was like, well, let me do something else. Like, let me, I'm aware now that there's this thing of web comics. there's people who are doing phenomenal, literally not printing a comic book ever, just completely online. Okay, so let me look at that because based on what I spent for that weekend, I realized it's very costly. And if I were to print a book, Like say the plot is almost 130 pages, that will be uh, uh, like a quite an expensive book to print, let alone print a dozen copies, 20 copies, 30 copies. So, okay, let me study this. And from that, that led me to, okay, so these platforms have potential, you know, Twitter, Instagram and all that, but I don't know how to use them. And I realized, okay, there is a method to these platforms. There is a way to use these platforms that you can leverage that. So, I started studying that, you know, along with personal growth. I started doing the comic book. I started looking at videos by Seth Godin when he talks about like the smallest viable audience, so being more specific like, who is this for? Who are you making this for? And, you know, put that on social media. And eventually you'll start connecting with other people. And that led to me, okay, so, you know, the show, uh, doing searches and I do searches and see podcasters and I see, oh, wait, comic book podcasters. Oh, yeah. Let me reach out to some of these people which eventually, you know, leads to meeting you now, you know, and, and I consider you a friend now because you're a friend of fandom. Of you're a friend of the yeah. comic book and you're a friend of your activity. So it's changed my experience. And before that I was almost considering leaving Twitter because there was so much noise and oh, a lot of noise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's still there, yeah. but like, I know how to ignore it now. I understand that better. Just lean in on the things that you're using there, you know, the yeah. resources available and just block out all the noise yeah. and follow people. If you follow anybody who's into that stuff, Just unfollow them block them yeah. mute them that kind of thing yeah so that's kind of what led to that that eventually it's like a little road that started back then and it's going but it's picking up momentum and that's very exciting oh, you know like, um, that's really awesome now to be able to talk to people like yeah. you and to realize how boundaries are now invisible boundaries don't really exist yeah. anymore
0: and you're setting up a whole world that people can start participating in early
1: and and see where it goes it's yeah. exciting it's, it's yes, Yeah, that's one thing that I'm going to explore, how to get people involved in that, how to make people participants. You know, one way is like I was mentioning earlier, hopefully I can find collaborators yeah. through you and through other podcasters. But I want to be able to actually make it almost like a, like, what would you like to see next? Like, I, let's say I have this thing, yeah. there's this idea, there's this idea. What do you think we should do with that? Like, hopefully I can get fans involved. You know, once I have enough subscribers, yeah. I can make it almost like a process. And there is an artist. Have you ever heard of Jason Shika? No, I have not. He is um, how I, would I say? Like he is an independent creator. Like he's an independent, and he's in in California. Also. I think he might be in Oakland, somewhere near Oakland. But he made a comic book with multiple choices, like a yeah, cho- almost like your a two year adventure yeah. comic, and that was really cool. Like uh, he does really clever things like that, where almost like little mental puzzles as he's also telling you a story. But the if you go this way, it's almost like a Borges. I guess you know how Borges has that short story about how. Because you chose this, this right. happened, but then you chose this other thing. So he does the same thing with a comic mm. book. And they're also like cleverly written, but they're still kind of demented, kind of wild yeah. and weird. And again, I love stuff like that. I, I like eccentricity. I love to see people just sort of putting their perversions and their naughtiness <laughs> on comic books. Like I find that so such a like a wild thing. Like say Wally Wood, for example. Like Wally Wood was a guy that he had he had to kind of rein in the perversion, the perviness because of the market for kids and all yeah. that. But then he goes and makes John Cannon, you know. Have you ever seen oh, that yeah. comic book, Cannon? Yeah. And in, because that was made for, like, military bases for adults. Yeah. He lets fly. Like, yeah. it's such a, like, a it, demented, but at the same time, like, genius comic book where, like, you have, like, action, sex. Yeah. And, like, uh, all in the same, pa- within, like, three or four panels, yeah. all this is happening. I'm, like, I'm looking at that. I'm marveling at how you, he did so this. It's so fast I'm, like,
0: that you can't keep, up, can't keep up with them. Like, what just happened Yeah. Happen here?
1: exactly yeah and again i like it. Oh, okay like this is the real wally wood i'm like i'm gonna study this yeah. this is like the real he let out he kind of pulled out all the stuff oh, yeah. on this so i love to see that and my my i guess my eccentricity doesn't quite go that far but uh, i'm looking forward to see where it goes with flat Town. Yeah. And, you know keep, keep exploring that yeah all right well <laughs> let's let's start head get people into flat town headed to the plot
0: can you tell us where they can find you we'll put it in the description as well uh, your twitter
1: and all your social media places where can we get people going okay so i have a website called welcome to flat town it's all one word welcome to flat town flat with two t's um there is nothing there right now but if, in the near future i expect to have stuff there for now the best place to reach me is twitter i'm very active there my handle is at robopulp and the link to my comic book is there and it's Pay what you want or don't pay. But if you like the comic, I always ask, please share the link yeah. with one friend that you think would appreciate that. And if that friend likes it, please have him share the link. Because this is about building my tribe. I'm gathering my right. tribe. I'm putting my people together. Yeah. So that comic book is the gateway to Build, Black
0: Building a community. <laughs> That's where it's all at. Especially with nowadays content creators. It's all about the community. And guys, this is a chance to get early in on one. Um, I will say it's like 130 pages of comic book very quick and easy read you just you get sucked in and you go through it real fast i think artwork to me reminds me of like courtroom drawings which is so good for the, I mean, for the genre right i mean it's perfect for this interrogation oh, yeah. wow! so it was it was really good uh last question i gotta ask you before we leave yeah. how did you do the rain on those pages with the rain in the background
1: okay i use a combination of like um uh... Dr. Martin's whiteout, which is the tub, the little tub of like a white paint, opaque white paint. I use that for like close-ups where like the rain is thicker. For the background where the rain is thinner, I use that little whiteout pen, you know, like you've seen Jim Lee use that sometimes on his switch. I use that. I use that. And then for the ground, I use like a spatter. I use the same thing. I use Dr. Martin's with a little more water. And just kind of flicking it or just flicking the brush yeah, like that which was such a much so fun cool. to do for
0: someone who doesn't yeah. care about the art the art was so freaking neat i mean it was so amazing so uh, that's a okay oh wow
1: thank you so much man it's interesting you know no one's ever made that description of of um of a courtroom a courtroom yeah. sketches but i actually like courtroom sketches i like that sort of immediacy like it's something well, done that's for exactly right yeah there's, there's a
0: mix of like yeah. the noir is there i mean the noir is definitely there the pulp is definitely kind of there but the, the courtroom like you got to go quick you have to capture the face and move to the next thing you definitely get that in this yeah sure. so you guys check it out guys the the comic is called the plot this is mel and we're going to be linking off to everything in the description so go follow them follow them on twitter follow everything and that's it thank
1: you very much for joining me today man thank you so much i can i hope i can come back again in the near definitely. future with something new oh, for sure i had a great time yeah, let us know i appreciate sure. that the little time window yeah. to just vent on the awesomeness of everything that we have around us. That's all about.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you yeah. guys next week. Take it easy. Bye.